phoenixes are rising Look into the eyes and the hearts of lions Minds like diamonds, souls are igniting Illuminating the night and when you awake you can't be frightening World's out of whack, but we got your back You're a part of the pack, now let those wings flap Welcome, fellow Phoenixes, to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast, where we make a daily offering to the divine by putting our past on the fire, searching the smoke for spirituality, turning the ashes into art, adapting isolation into connection, and manifesting mental wellness. Today, we are graced with the presence of Sonia Sophia, and I don't think I could do her justice explaining her story, so I'll let her uh, talk about herself a little bit. Uh, hi, Sonia. How are you today? Hi, Ross. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for coming on. It's a total pleasure. I'm so grateful for you to be here. Um, so if you had to describe what you are, I mean, I've read your bio and things, but I'd like you to explain in your own words what you are and, and what you do. Um, well, you know, um, the uh, flip answer is I consider myself to be a sacred janitor. Um, that means that I'm in the business of helping people take the trash out of their heads and their hearts and their pasts and recycle that stuff and turn it into positive, usable energy. Um, the way I do that, my favorite way to do that is through a healing modality I discovered during a massive time of crisis and on my own journey to emotional, mental, and physical wellness called EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. And I've been practicing that and studying that and teaching that for about 12 years now. And I travel all over the world, training practitioners and helping people understand that um, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a very so beautiful, a beautiful thing to do. And I love it. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so very well needed. And that's awesome that you do that. We have similar concept of helping people, but a different approach to it. And it's awesome to find other people on the same team. Um, it's, it's good to know. Um, I like to start this off normally with asking people to express gratitude. Um, could you explain or could you say like something that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for my life. I believe that our lives are the most precious things that we own and really the only thing that we own. So I'm super grateful to be alive and still here on this planet. Wow, that's very beautiful and very well articulated. Um, the thing I'm grateful for is I, I can't follow up with my life because you said that, but I'm grateful for you being here and I'm grateful um, for you being alive and being able to transition through the obstacles of life to be able to do what you do. Because um, what, you, what you have done has helped me. Um, and I had asked you if you had a couple quotes that might resonate with you um, before. Would you like to share those now? Well, I think one of them I just spoke um, because I was thinking about this in preparation for this interview. Um, it's never too late to have a happy childhood is one. That's beautiful. Um, I would say another quote that I grew up with because I was raised in a Christian church was do unto others as you would have others do unto you, the golden rule. Um, however, that pre-assumes that we would like to treat ourselves well. So 
so you know that assumption is like oh I want people to treat me as well as I treat myself and the funny thing is is a lot of times people don't treat themselves very well and they teach others the same thing so I don't know if it's my favorite quote but it's definitely one that I pondered on for a while and uh, I wondered if people used to be more mentally healthy back when that quote was said or you know we assumed that we wanted to be treated with love and kindness um, but that's the, the basis of my work is learning to teach yourself to love yourself. I really explain uh, the perspective you put on that quote, because I don't think I've ever heard it articulated with, with that spin on it. So it's illuminating to hear somebody explain something like that in that way. It's because it is true. I mean, for me personally, I treated other people so much better than me for a long time. And then the other times when I would treat myself better, I wouldn't treat other people as good. So finding that balance um, is so critical. And then I would say that I'm, I'm getting in a better position with it now. I've learned to be, I like to uh, term it as a selfishly selfless sometimes because I can't, I can't take care of other people if I don't take care of me first and I want to help people, but I, I would run myself ragged sometimes and then I wouldn't, I would respond poorly is the best way I can describe it. You and many others. Yeah. That's that's very true. Um, you had mentioned EFT um, as emotional freedom technique. Is there a way that you can explain it a little bit more for people that maybe aren't familiar with it? Yeah, it's a self-healing, self-applied, um, natural healing modality based on the meridians of the body. So those are the electrical circuits of the body, the same ones that an acupuncturist would place a needle in. And instead of putting a little piece of conductive material in there, we gently tap on them percussively with our fingertips and it stimulates the electrical current. And while you're stimulating the current in your body, you're actually allowing yourself to um, access things that are painful or hard for you. So memories, events, traumatic experiences, feelings, thoughts, beliefs. And so when you're tapping, and thinking about those things that are bothering you, um, if you'll add some empathy and some acceptance to what is without trying to change it, just accepting the situation, those things delete out of your nervous system and it comes out of your cellular memory. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a meridian-based self-healing technology that anyone can use at home. And I find that to be very necessary right now. It's a tool for our times. We don't always have the money or the time to run off to get therapy and sometimes when we need it the most we don't have access to it but you always have your own two hands and uh, it's self-awareness practice um, but it's also a fast forward button for dealing with painful events traumas and beliefs and and cultural conditioning so it's something i want everyone to be able to learn how to use and i think we should be teaching it in kindergarten i think that that would be so beneficial. I think things like that in meditation would really mm -hmm. um, help people so much. In school, it seems that they teach a lot of things that aren't necessarily useful, but the things that matter like emotional uh, regulation and self-acceptance, um, tolerance of others, all, like how to build a successful life. They don't teach the fundamental things. Instead, they teach people how to be good little workers. Um, but Yeah, I agree. That's why I started a school um, to teach people those things and uh, train people. You know, I wish that they taught us basic life skills, relationship skills, child re rearing skills, 
cooking, um, saving money, learning how to buy houses or property, even opening a bank account. Those things, you know, they should be taught in school. We should come out of school well prepared for life, um, including how to deal with our own emotions and feelings. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, until I started learning how to deal with myself, I was ineffective at dealing with everything else. And now I'm learning those things. And it's beautiful in some ways, because I get to be like a little kid learning some new things. But it's also, it can be frightening. And that's one thing that I, I liked about you specifically is I had been I had tried EFT before. Um, and it worked, but there's something about your vibe and the, your presence and the way that you present things that it made me feel comfortable and it made me feel relaxed. And I mean, I've done three of your sessions, one of them with the, uh, with the uh, world tapping circle, which I'll ask you about after this. Um, and then a five minute one and then one of the nano taps. Um, and it really helped me process a lot of things that um, therapy, medication and support groups really didn't. And it, like you said, it kind of was like a fast forward button in the sense that this is something like a, a deep dread that I had in me. Um, and there was with one of them, I was doing it. And I even forgot what I was originally <laughs> tapping about partway through. I was like, what? And then I like had to think about it. I was like, oh yeah, that's what was bothering me. So yeah. it was such a cool experience. Well, thank you. You are describing what happens when you rewire your nervous system. So you actually pulled some synapses apart that were holding this deep dread, which is a series of circuits in your brain wired together, stimulus dread, stimulus dread. You went in there, found the dread, dissolved protein bonds that were gluing the neural network together with your loving attention. So basically just directing energy there with your thought process and being empathetic towards yourself, understanding towards yourself for just a few seconds dissolved protein bonds in your brain, those things came apart and then you rewired them in a different way. And it's not uncommon for people to feel um, like, what, well, was that even a big deal? Or I'm sure that that didn't really bother me when you can ask them five minutes before, how intense is this and on a scale of zero to 10? And they'll say, oh, it's a nine or it's a 10. It's maximum. How long have you had it? Years, my whole life five years, 10 years, and then, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes later, they're saying that that was never an issue. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I also like the fact that um, it brought up things that I hadn't thought about. And I, I related to like a, a bubble being underneath the surface of water. And when I was tapping, it kind of shook that little bubble loose and it came to the surface. I saw the bubble and then it it popped slowly and dissipated to where it was like, like you said, a non-issue now. And that mm -hmm. was such a cool experience because one of the things I tapped on was um, fear of failing with the things that I'm doing now. And then the second round, it came to fear of succeeding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I realized the duality of that. And it was, it was surreal for me because I was like, how can I have both of these fears? Like that leaves me stuck in the middle. <laughs> You and everybody else, I've done a lot of tapping myself on the same two things. And I'll tell you that people have a secret fear of succeeding right underneath the fear of failing. And sometimes it's more intense. I find that underneath almost every session I give um, is this 
fear of being in our power. So we've been taught to keep our heads down, don't stand out, don't stand up, kind of stay normal, stay status quo. And when we start to grow, we accelerate and we change. And we're no longer normal like we were taught to be. We, we aren't average. Mm-hmm. We become um, exceptional even in, in, and sometimes genius in certain areas in certain ways. That could be spiritually. It could be artistically. It could be um, that you have a ton of life force and energy and you don't need as much sleep as another person. And suddenly we think we're odd. And, and uh, instead of accepting that power, we want to kind of dampen it down to fit in so we don't lose um, friends, family, social acceptability, you know, and so um, a lot of the work um, behind the scenes in the tapping world is dealing with rewriting your identity because as we grow and change, so does our self-description. Wow, that's, that's powerful. That's something I've definitely had, had to do, um, and I can definitely see that tapping could help me progress through some of it. I mean, with my mental health crises and, and all those kind of things, there's still so much stigma associated with those things and so much guilt for something that I have no control over. And I think that a lot of people could probably relate to that even without having a specific mental health crisis. But so many people are shamed for having emotions or things like that or being sensitive. And it's like, that means they're alive. I always find it funny how people be like, you're too sensitive. And I'm like, you're being, you're being sensitive to my sensitivity. Isn't that like the ultimate sensitivity then? <laughs> like, it's, it's funny to me. Um, now I, I had uh, mentioned that I, I tapped through the world tapping circle. That was a, a free month trial that I had, had gotten. Um, could you explain to people um, listening or watching the video what the world tapping circle is specifically? Yeah, the world tapping circle is a way to basically have emotional support in your pocket at all times. It's a couple of things. It's a live broadcast, um, video broadcast, where I basically give the world a session, the same thing that I would do in a private session, but it's more plug and play. So people show up online um, on a Monday at whatever time it is in your time zone. I live in Austin, Texas, so for me it's 8 o'clock. Eastern would be 9 o'clock. California would be 6 o'clock. And we get together for an hour and a half. We do a little intro. I set up a theme. And then you tap on an issue in the privacy of your own home from your laptop or your cell phone on whatever's bugging you. I take them through a five-minute quick core causes question so that you're not just working superficially, but you spiral down into like, oh, I've been feeling this way for how long and where do I feel this in my body and when did it start and what do I associate this with so you really get a session in a deep way Mm -hmm. Um, and I will tap with you on the show uh, here in a few minutes and show people what I mean but we're tapping on these acupuncture meridians on our face and our upper body and our hands and on our heads and we process so you have a solid hour of emotional and energetic processing and people release amazing amounts of stuff. Um, Tapping will allow your body to off-gas stored stress in record time. So people are sitting at home. You're sitting at home, tapping on yourself, talking to yourself, speaking, call and response what I'm saying, filling it in, 
um, personalizing it for yourself because there's a lot of fill in the blanks. So you get to say, you know, this feeling of, and then you plug in anger or sadness or whatever it is. And um, there's a chat on the side where I do check-ins. How are you feeling now? How are you feeling now? Rate your, your intensity from zero to 10. And I watch those numbers drop and people wake up and have these huge realizations and clean up memories. And it's so beautiful. And we see each other's names and say hi to each other. And I have a few practitioners on the bottom of the screen with me who are helping answer questions and being there as extra support. And if anyone gets stuck, they can get a private session later from one of these people at a really good rate so that they have access to high quality, really effective, extremely inexpensive healing, 24 hours. So then that video is uploaded into a video library that has all the videos we've ever done. So it could be two in the morning and you're freaking out. Your girlfriend left you, your dog died, whatever. You got in a car wreck and you can pull up a video and tap with me and clear the stress and trauma around what happened and go back to sleep. So it's super exciting for me to basically have taken money out of the equation because it's 27 bucks a month. It's about $7 a week for amazing healing therapy. Um, you take time out of the equation because you can't say you don't have time for it. I'm, I'm right there all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not streaming once a week. And um, you don't have to go anywhere. So you don't need childcare. You don't need to drive across town or find a parking place or, you know, use up any gas. It's right there. So that's exciting to me that, um, because when I was a single mom and I was neurotic and depressed, chronic depression, lots of physical pain, emotional pain, stress, um, deep insecurities and drama in my life, I didn't have what I needed in that regard, I was going to have to pay $75 to $150 for a counseling session, which sort of helped me a little bit understand what was going on, maybe helped me understand the law, gave me some things to think about, but it didn't take the patterns and the conditioning, which is what I was really dealing with, out of my brain and body. I would still have to use my mind to try to stop myself from doing the pattern or thinking the thought. and. Um, when I was tired or grumpy or sick or stressed or distracted, those patterns would pop right back up. And basically what we're talking about here is the subconscious, meaning when you're focused on something else, the other things are behind the scene running the show. And what tapping does is it helps us um, emotionally detox the subconscious, which greatly affects your physical health as well and your choices and your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. No, certainly. And like with therapy and things like that, I mean, it only works as good as you're able to process things, which is one of the nice things about this. If you could use it in conjunction where it could bring ideas up and then you can be proactive in what you're doing by taking physical actions to move towards it. I mean, having been in therapy um, and on medication for mental health things, I mean, there was a time when I felt like I wasn't active in anything. I, I wasn't getting better. And I really wasn't. And until I started practicing mindfulness or things like that, and that took me to a level. And this is an, another thing, another tool that can really help people. I mean, because yeah. I've, I've had such, such amazing experiences with it in the limited time um, that I've tried your things and the other experiences that I've had prior to that. Um, now, you had said that you'd be willing to uh, do a, a session, a quick one. Um, 
I'm ready whenever you are. Great. That's my favorite thing to do on these interviews. I mean, I can tell you all about how I healed myself and be the inspiring, you know, person on the screen. But what I really want you to do um, for your audience is to give them a sample of what's possible in a short period of time. Because once you realize that you can move mountains in minutes, it gets really worth the investment. You know, meditation are like, we'll do it for many years, for many hours, and then you will find you slowly have more control of your inner peace, which I did. I did meditate for 10 years. It helped a lot. But when I wasn't meditating, I was still cranky, sad, and depressed. And this stuff actually takes those patterns out so you have that free new space inside you to live in. And you do enough of it and you're going to find that you've got a mansion in there and you thought you were, you know, living in a little mouse hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, we're just going to do a really gentle little baby tap here just for beginners because I think most people have never even heard about this, um, even though it's been on the earth for 25 years or so. So what I'd like you to do is um, follow along with us and just say the the call and response. I'll give you a session, uh, Ross, and the listeners and viewers just follow along with us. I'd like you to pick one negative feeling that you've had in the last 24 hours, one trigger. Did you feel really sad? Did you get angry? Did you feel stressed or overwhelmed? Just pick one thing that's still kind of there for you, maybe something that happened recently. Um, I really just have a lot of fear about getting noticed more and expanding more. And I mean, I've worked through it, but there's different layers to it. I was doing a, a business plan this morning and I, I, I don't like the business end of it and trying to monetize what I'm doing is somewhat frightening to me in many ways. Um, so, okay. so you're going to pick that stress. So when I say this stress um, or these feelings, you're going to refer back to that moment and that stress that's still kind of up for you. And people watching or listening, I want you to pick one thing that you're stressed about, okay? And I'm going <clears> to <throat> show you the points on my body and move the camera around so you can see. And I'm going to call out those points um, for people who are just listening. And we're going to do this together and see if we can drop the emotional intensity down for you so that you can move forward because it's very hard to take positive, doable action when deep down you feel terrified, sad, or stuck, right? We just stall out. And that can happen for weeks. It can happen for decades. And a lot of times we numb the fear with substances, um, things that we do on the internet, relationship drama, all kinds of things, shopping, food, uh, because we're so stressed. And if we can just process the stress, we can let go of the things that we've suppressed the stress with and move forward with making cool new choices, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to massage uh, in the upper pectoral region on the chest. If you press around, you're going to feel kind of a little sensitive, tender spot in the front of your chest. It's about six inches down from your collarbones just gently pressing around until you're like, ooh, that kind of feels tender. You feel that? Yeah. So what this does is it helps clear something called psychological reversal, which means a part of you wants to clear this and a part of you does not want to clear this. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I definitely want to get past it, but part of me wants to cling to it. 
Totally. And you and me and everybody else. Okay, so we massage this and we breathe. And the kind of breath we're going to use is a nice big open jawed sigh. So let's try that again. There we go, because that releases stress quicker. So uh, repeating after me, even though I have this stress. Even though I have this stress. Now you guys think about the stress we're talking about for you. I'm open to loving and accepting myself. I'm open to loving and accepting myself. Good. Now with one or two hands, you're going to tap the beginning of your eyebrows, right where your eyebrows start. This stress. This stress. Think about it again. Tap the temples. What would you assess that level of stress from zero to ten? Zero, of course, isn't it? Because you picked something stressful. It's bigger than zero. Um, how intense is that stress, Ross? Um, out of all my stress, I'd say maybe five or six. Um, okay. Five or six. Tap the cheeks, everyone. Think about how stressful it is for you. See if you can give it a number so we know if anything changes. Tap the front of your cheeks. Right on the front of your cheekbones. This stress. This stress. Okay, tap under your nose and above your lips with one hand. Part of me feels really stressed about this. Part of me feels really stressed about this. Tapping under your lips, just being with that part of you that feels stressed without judgment. Big breath. And tapping down to the front of the chest, tapping kind of in a circle across the front of the chest and down to the sternum. Even though I'm holding on to this stress. Even though I'm holding on to this stress. Because I'm afraid. Because I'm afraid. Big breath. Good. Now we're going to tap down to the front of the rib cage. So I'm going to scoot back here so you can see. Front of the ribs, bottom of the rib cage. Okay? Right where your ribs stick out the most in front on the bottom of your rib cage. I'm afraid of, and then I'm going to ask you to keep that fear to yourself, Ross. Just think about it so that your audience can think about their fears as well okay mm -hmm. i'm afraid of i'm afraid of and then think about what that is and breathe okay now we're going to tap the side of the ribs so it's nipple height side seam of the body you can tap like this or cross your arms and tap like this okay so if you were wearing a bra it would be where your bra strap is ross okay <laughs> <laughs> This fear. This fear. Big breath, tuning into that fear you have about your situation. And breathe. Good. Now we're going to tap the inside of the wrist. Well, I'm going to hold my wrist up so you can see. See this wrist bone? It's on the little finger side of the hand. If you move your hand up and down, you'll feel that bone pop up and down. So put your hand on your little finger. Trace it down to the wrist. There you go. Now you're on the wrist bone. So you're going to tap that little crease on the inside of your wrist. Big breath. This fear and stress I have about. This fear and stress I have about. And everyone think about what you're scared of here in regards to this session. Great. So now you're going to put your hand like you're going to karate chop something 
look down, see the top edge of your thumbnail? You're going to tap right there at the side of your thumb, right next to your nail. This stress. This stress. Big breath, tune into it and see if you can still feel the, feel the stress about this situation. What's happening for you? It's uh, really dissipating. I would say maybe uh, one and a half, one, or maybe even a zero. Wow, that was really fast. We haven't even done one full round. Let's finish out this round because maybe not everyone has let go as quickly as you have. Tap the index finger. Even if part of me is still holding on to this for some reason. Even if part of me is still holding on to this for some reason. Great, and we're tapping on the same side of the index finger as we did the thumb. So if you're looking down at your hand, it's right next to your fingernail. Tip of the finger, side of the finger. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Tap the middle finger, same place. So we're just stair-stepping down the fingers. Now for some of you, you may have just choked on... I love and accept myself. So if that feels too hard, let's dilute it a little bit and say, I'm open to loving and accepting myself. Now the bottom of the fourth finger is going to be the opposite side. Okay? It's the only finger that's the opposite side. Here we go. Even though part of me has this stress and I'm storing it in my, think about what part of your body you can feel this tension in. Even though part of me has this stress and I'm storing it in my... And think about that. Is it your belly? Is it your neck? Is it your jaw? Is it your forehead, your shoulders? Big breath. Now back down to the original edge on the inside edge of your pinky, right at the fingernail, side of the fingernail. I love and forgive myself. I love and forgive myself. Tap the side of your hand where that karate chop would land, the bottom part of that fleshy part of your hand. I'm open to releasing this fear from my, and then say where you're storing it in your body. For example, I'm open to releasing this fear from my stomach. I'm open to releasing this fear from my... Big breath and tapping the top of the head. We're almost done with this round, tapping the sides of the head, tuning into that stress and fear one more time. Back of the head, it's safe for me. It's safe for me. To acknowledge what's here. To acknowledge what's here. And to begin to release it. And to begin to release it. Tapping the sides of the head and the top of the head. Good. So we're just going to pause there. So I know, Ross, you said that you dropped your stress in, you know, a minute of that. And I'm curious to see what um, y'all's response is out there in viewing and listening land. Remember that you can rewind this podcast and do that same sequence again and modify the words as you need. Um, but if you do several rounds of that, even on something as sad as someone dying or as stressful as someone physically abusing you, that PTSD basically comes out of your nervous system and you come back into peace and balance. So if you imagine that you have this technology now that you can address anything that you're storing and delete it and clear it and come back to who you were really born to be, 
which is natural and functional and kind and smart and loving, you have an amazing tool. Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that you did that. I mean, I'm good at introspective thought and I, I did meditate on these things, but that really helped me. I think that part of the reason it might go so quick for me is all the other work I've done outside of it. And I think that it's still going to benefit people. I mean, I think that there's so much benefit in it. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be talking to you probably. Mm -hmm. um, so so thank you for that. Um, I, I feel so much more calm about it. I mean, when I was writing those things this morning, it was like this sense of dread. I'm not going to do it right. How do I do this? I've never had to be business minded per se. I have a culinary arts degree and it's like I can organize stuff in a kitchen. I can throw down, but writing a business plan and trying to figure out how to market different skills I have, it's terrifying to me or it was. I mean, now it's, it's like, it is what it is and starting it, I have to start somewhere and it's a process. It doesn't mean the first thing that I do is going to, doesn't have to be a hundred percent correct. It's, it's going to evolve over time. So. Absolutely. And each one of those things that you just addressed, you can address while you're tapping on it. This terror. I don't have to succeed. Oh, but I want to succeed, but I don't have to succeed at first, but I want to succeed at first. And as you give each part of your inner dialogue, a little air and tapping time, you'll notice that you become uh, kinder and more patient with yourself. And that leads to resiliency, emotional resiliency, and a steadfastness in trying things and not feeling too crushed if they don't work, but also more creative and innovative. Yeah, I'm definitely going to work on some of the other little fractals that came out um, from mm -hmm. talking about it. I think that that's a very good point. Yeah, we call those aspects. So each issue is um, built of different components. So if I, you know, crunch up my fist like this and say, this is my issue. If I tap on um, worried that I'm going to look bad and the embarrassment of that and the embarrassment dissolves. So no longer am I afraid of how I'm going to look and that comes out, but my issue is still kind of there, but it's not as intense. And the next thing I tap on is um, fear of being a disappointment. I'm going to disappoint myself. I'm going to disappoint my family. I'm going to disappoint my lover, my mother, whoever. And that comes out, okay, maybe I'm loved and they've been loving me this whole time and it's okay and I can love myself. And, you know, I tap on the next thing, anger, because I already tried this and it didn't work and now I'm pissed. So I tap on the angry feeling and that dissolves and I feel like it's okay that I was angry. It's okay that I kicked a hole in the wall because I couldn't get the stupid thing to work. And now I'm calm and I'm going to heal the wall and I'm sorry and it's okay. And I, you know, so, and then the next thing I tap on is um, deep down inside, I believe I'm not good enough, which is chronic. Believe me, I've asked hundreds of thousands of people, what's their number one thing? Uh, other than fear is the idea that we're not good enough. So tap on that feeling. Notice that my issues only got this one little piece. All I have left is my thumb, this one little aspect, what you were talking about, these fractals. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then maybe this is my fear of being in my power or my fear of success. I tap on that. My issue is gone. 
and I've healed all these other underlying things which have been holding different issues, other issues in place. So you can see as you start untangling one big issue, it impacts positively other issues. You might have relationship issues that stream from, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't want to be a disappointment. And so as we start pulling those threads, all of these unrelated issues that are all very related because they have to do with our self-esteem and and who we've been told we are and how we've been treated so um, whether it's job opportunities or relationships or physical fitness or um, the ability to you know raise kids or whatever it is um, the more you can learn to process your underlying fears and experiences the happier and more stable and more successful you'll be in every area I, I I think that's powerful. One thing I want to note is I liked how you did the thing with the hand because for me, like when I'm stressed or whatever, I feel constricted like this. And then as you went through each problem, it opens up and you feel more open. Like mm-hmm. that's powerful in itself to me to see the the symbolism of that, at least how I perceive it. Like it's, it's cool to see that because that's how it feels. It does. And it literally does that in your body. When we're constricted, let's say when I'm in a fear state, whether that's fear that I've whipped up in my own head about what someone's going to think of me or fear because I've just received a shocking piece of news, the cells in the body behave like people behave. They clamp down. They don't want to take food in. When you're stressed, you don't want to feel like eating dinner. You have to eat from when you're a relaxed state. You don't feel like cleaning the house either. So your cells don't want to take in nutrition even if it's sitting there, they don't want to release toxins. They just sit on it. Just like if we heard something scary at the door, we would clamp down and not, we'd stop eating and clamp down and your cells do the same thing. They also don't feel like reproducing. So if your cells aren't reproducing at the rate that they're dying, you're prematurely aging, meaning you're not getting the new cells to repair and keep yourself going. So stress, ages us, holding on to our emotions, um, shuts us down, it makes us physically toxic. So if your body isn't taking in nutrition, isn't releasing toxins, and new cells aren't um, reproducing quickly enough, we're dying in a dirty house with no food coming in, and we're not feeling good, right? We're stagnating energetically and physically breaking down. And and that's why they say that stress is at the root of all illness. Um, It also you know, creates chemicals, which I could go on about cortisol and, and how that um, stress hormone tells your body to stay in this fight or flight kind of um, stage. Well, tapping creates oxytocin and oxytocin is a hormone that comes from making love. It comes uh, out of mothers when they're breastfeeding. It comes from cuddling. It comes from orgasms. You can get a little bit of it in chocolate. It comes from Um, hugs and eye contact, being touched for six seconds. So if you can hold someone's hand for six seconds or give them a hug for six seconds, you're creating oxytocin. You can even generate oxytocin from petting cats and dogs, animals. Um, And we need a lot of it. And that balance, it actually cancels out cortisol, which is the stress hormone. But tapping does it too. So when I'm tapping on my body and telling myself, 
it's possible I'm still worthy of love even if I screwed up and it's possible that I'm still a good person even if I'm not sure what I'm doing and it's possible I'm gonna figure this out my body calms down my cells open up they take in nutrition they release toxins they make love and reproduce I stay younger um, and it helps I mean I've been reverse aging since I've done this yeah I'll be 50 in July Wow, I, I definitely wouldn't assume that by looking at you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing for me, like when I was uh, having bad anxiety, depression, all that stuff, I looked, I looked like crap. I mean, if I look at a picture of me six, seven months ago to now, I look so much healthier. And some people be like, you still don't look that healthy. And it's like, you didn't see me before. <laughs> um, but no, I feel so much better. Um, even even the sparkle in my eyes before they were dull and it's mm -hmm. like i i feel like i'm looking at a different person and, and i haven't even practiced this that long i can't wait to see what it's like when i process some of the things that i haven't like done yet or that need mm -hmm. more work and attention like i never knew all that information about uh the constriction of the cells and all that stuff too it makes sense for my personal experience and that's it's powerful stuff to know that i mean essentially yeah. like what eft is an analogy for me would be like programming the organic computer of your body basically it's a beautiful way to put it and it's true and i've developed some courses online too as a matter of fact i'm going to give your audience a free three-hour online mini course well that's um, awesome and I say mini three hours, people are like, well, that's a, that's a course, Tony. And I'm like, well, You're right. well, compared to what I would like to give you, which is the 30-hour full-on, here's how your brain works, and here's all these cool TED Talks and all these inspiring people talking about how to you know, work that circuitry and what the chemicals do. And I'm fascinated. I geek out on this um, kind of spiritual science, organic science, energy psychology stuff. And, but I would at least like to give them a good head start with learning where their meridians are and giving a, a few sample taps. And at the end of that little course, um, it offers you a free month of healing, which is what Ross just did. And that's an invitation to four live streams and the replay video sent directly to you if you register. And a video library that has hundreds of hours of tapping time so you can literally like go after a lifetime worth of stuff in a month and just knock it out of the park yeah that's so awesome that you're doing that i appreciate you extending that to uh people and i appreciate me being a part of that that same uh thing that was that was offered i wish that my bedtime wasn't so early <laughs> so i could attend them live more but mm -hmm. um Maybe, maybe I'll make a more conscious effort because um, I think there is a benefit of doing things with intention with people at the same time. And I think that there's even scientific evidence that supports mm -hmm. that as well, even if they're not in the same room. Yeah. And you feel it. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see people from Canada. I mean, people get up at five in the morning in Europe to do it with us. Oh, wow. Seen people coming in from Russia, you know, and, oh, there's Fred from New York, and there's Jill, and she's there, and I'm here, and oh, I see these same names, and, you know, we get familiar with each other's names and see each other's successes, and I ask people at the end, chat in how you're feeling now, you know, and it's so beautiful to see him come in to the room and say, my thing is a nine or a ten, and it makes me hate myself, and leave going, 
I feel excited and alive and empowered and I have tingles all over my body uh, and I feel this surge of vitality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think that a nice element of that too is I've always been somewhat of a loner and mm -hmm. I've been finding the benefit of community and a supportive community and the people that are going through similar things or need or doing similar things. Mm -hmm. And there's so much benefit and power in, in, in that element too. And then to have somebody going through a new experience or to be where you were and say, I've been there, this is how it's helped me. That's so inspiring. And I think it's underrated in some ways. Um, I, I think it's so empower. I think it's so powerful though. But it is powerful. And, and what I like about this is you're getting that transformation in real time. We're not just gathering to talk about, here's a bunch of mistakes I made and here's some new choices I'm making and I hope to do better next time. It's I'm transforming in this hour in front of you with you and we all feel really different and this is amazing and we want to do more. And um, I'm watching people who, you know, people progress at different rates. Um, people sometimes feel like they need to move much more slowly and carefully and you still watch them change, you know, over a period of months. You're like, wow, good for you. Good for you. It feels really good. No, certainly. I mean, I can relate to not changing all at once. I, my, my healing process for my experience has, has taken years in some elements and I had some quick successes with things, but moving fast isn't always the best way to go. That's for sure. Certain things will come quicker than others and, non-judgment of everything as it occurs is one of the best things um, that I've found. And I yeah. like how you have that structured in to the tapping itself. I think that's really key. Thank you. It's been a big part of my journey. I never felt like I was like the sharpest kid in the class. I really wasn't. And uh, slow and steady wins the race. You know, it's about persistence and not giving up. Um, but I'll tell you what, it sure helps to have something that gives you some instant gratification in the internal. Um, we're so used to it having to take so long and it does take perseverance. What, you know, I offer a year of tapping, a tapping subscription for a year, which is an awesome commitment. And I guarantee you, you go in and emotionally detox your mind and heart and past for a year, you will be a different critter on the other end of that. Yeah, I can only imagine. I'm, I mean, I haven't been doing this that long and it's helped me and I've done other things in the past six months and my life has changed exponentially. Um, I, I definitely want to commit to a year and try it out because I've added so many small changes. I mean, people could do this in five or 10 minutes a day if they can't make the hour and they can see those changes and the science behind it is there. You said with the oxytocin and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's physically changing their body and then rewiring stuff. So it's supported. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of science. When I first started learning this, we didn't have as much science. It was like, ah, oh, it's just some kind of weird magic. And we've got these reset buttons on our bodies. And if, if we acknowledge and then tap them and then give us, some love, something happens and it was still working. We just didn't know why. And now we have blood samples and you can see under a dark field microscope, your blood when you're depressed and sad is actually sticking together and gluey and it's not flowing properly. And you tap for a few minutes 
the blood becomes electrified, everything repels and flows smoothly and isn't glued together and suddenly it's carrying nutrients and it has more room to bond with oxygen and um, it's amazing what happens and I'm watching people unravel and cure non-curable diseases thyroidism I watched a girl knock it out in two months I've seen people clear um, diabetes um, I recently had a woman clear lupus now she worked on that for quite a long time and made some other health changes some heavy metal detoxing but the core root underneath of it was sexual abuse and people recover from things that dark and that heavy using this technology some things take a little more time than others but again it has to do with the person not how long you've had it or how intense the trauma was as a matter of fact, they're using this for war veterans to get over battlefield stuff, um, but also for addiction. So a really quick tip for people like yourself recovering from those kind of uh, issues, um, people who want to stop using a substance, for example, you'll feel those cravings come up in your body. You can tap and acknowledge the craving, like I really want a cigarette, I really want a cigarette, I really want a cigarette, and you breathe, you feel the craving, and as you acknowledge the craving, the, the craving decreases and disappears, you'll forget to smoke a cigarette. You forget to smoke a cigarette long enough, and you're not a smoker anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I definitely think that there's a lot of people could that could use that. I mean, I've been kind of different in that capacity in this time in my recovery where I haven't even had the desire, but I definitely know that there are some people where that hits them. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it. I mean, cigarettes was one of the things that my addiction was really bad at. I've gone five weeks now, six weeks without having one. So I feel pretty confident in it, I, I, but I definitely know that it will help other people. I mean, part of it's, they, they always say to have good habits and this definitely is a good habit. I mean, it's just so powerful. Um, I had wanted to ask you a couple personal questions real quick too, just to kind of learn more of your story, if you don't sure. mind. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, thank you for explaining all that stuff. And you taught me things about it. I mean, granted, I, I, I don't know much, but you taught me so many more interesting things about it, the science and all of those things that it, it it was so beautiful to hear more in depth about it in that detail. Like I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, now growing up, did you feel that you were different as a child? I always felt like I was very sensitive. Um, I think a lot of people do. I think we're supposed to be sensitive. We're supposed to be able to pick up feelings and thoughts and energies um, it helps us navigate this world. It's just that what we're picking up is overwhelming and often scary and dark and um, oppressive feeling. And so they say, well, turn down your sensitivity. And a lot of people turn it up because it's like, well, I need to be extra careful, right? So I had a lot of sensitivity. I felt um, overwhelmed by that up into my early 20s and thought, if I don't figure out a way to use this, I'm going to become an alcoholic or a drug addict and slowly kill myself because I can't turn it down. So um, I learned, basically, mastered how to deal with that sensitivity uh, in terms of 
being able to process my own emotions, which were very intense for me, and also learning to have empathy and compassion for other people's emotions, and then even more empowering what to do for people who have intense emotions, um, and how to radiate energetically empathy into the field from my thoughts through my body, through the energy coming off of me to impact a stressful situation in a positive way. Um, there's some really magic, kind of hard to believe, but actual things you can do with tapping. For example, I was on an airplane flying back from LA this weekend and there's a baby crying on the plane. And we all dread being on the plane with the crying baby. Right? <laughs> yeah. And instead of just putting out the bad vibe towards the parents or the baby, um, I tapped on myself for the stress that it was creating for me. And then when I got my piece back, which only took a minute or so, I focused that energy behind me to this child whose ears were popping and they were cranky and uncomfortable. And as I started sending empathy to the baby in my mind saying, you're still a good kid and we love and accept you. You're still a good kid. Even though your ears might be hurting right now, that baby stopped crying. Wow. Yeah. And, and went right to sleep. Now this is not unique to me. Not because you need to have like magical fairy hair and a flower to do this. <laughs> the people I teach have the same capacity. So I can walk by an angry mother in a grocery store who's yelling at her kids and stressed and I can stand, you know, on the next aisle and beam them love by adjusting the way I'm thinking about them and the feeling towards them, not, you know, taking off the first thing I want to do is judge them. And then I release the judgment and then I send that mother empathy for what she must be feeling, which is stressed out, tired, hurried, and um, a lot of things I don't know, but I can send her empathy having been a mom and I'll feel her calm down and deescalate the situation with her children. So um, wow. it really helps to have that as an internal resource. Yeah. I, I can see that. I mean, it's kind of like you're radiating your aura and it's kind of soothing people. Mm -hmm. That's, we, you know, we use our thoughts and energy all the time. It's not that, you're not doing it or you have to learn to do it. We're just doing it in a sloppy way because we've never been taught a, that it was real and B that you could do something positive with it. Yeah. That, that makes total sense to me. I mean, my experiences in itself would validate what you're saying to me. Not that I've had those experiences directly, but that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you're in a room with an angry person, everyone can feel it. And we're all affected by it. Oh yeah. More and more uncomfortable until we're angry too. Mm -hmm. Very quickly. Fear jumps like a spark and one person's afraid and suddenly other people are reacting in fear. Love does the same thing. Peace does the same thing. It's just how do you want to use your energy? Do you want to use it as a tool for good or do you want to carry on with the destruction that somehow is very popular and promoted yeah, I'll never understand that. You know, that's what I want to help change and turn things around is that I don't want to see billboards promoting zombies and vampires. I don't want to see movies that have death and killing and lying and cheating and stealing as they're entertaining. I don't want to see um, women feeling the need to look like they're 20 and kind of walk around in this like, I'm so open sexually all the time kind of vibe, which you know, it's not how we really feel. We may be open to the right people, but we don't want to wear that on our sleeve. 
to be loved, you know? So for us to um, turn this world around, we have to turn ourselves around. We are the, the culture. The culture is made of people. Mm-hmm. When I align myself with my own values and my own, um, my own sense of right goodness and my own heart, and I amplify that with my field, um, other people will catch that spark. And, you know, as I've tapped through my own fears and insecurities and traumas and I can't, and I'm not good enough, suddenly I find that, well, you know what? I am good enough. And I don't really care if other people like it or don't like it. I'm going to do what feels right to me. And people are very grateful for that. And I think if we all took that approach, we would find our world turned around very quickly. No, I would agree. I think authenticity inspires authenticity. And when people can express themselves in a kind way about themselves and about other people that, like you said, it it spreads. I I mean, even how I interacted, how I first came across you was through uh, Brandon's podcast, the Positive Head podcast. And it's like, he radiates positivity. He had you on there. You radiated positivity, and it, it has a ripple effect. It, it, mm-hmm. it definitely impacts people. And even in my own personal experience with the things I've been going through, I, I stay with my mother, which I'm not embarrassed about because I have to do what I have to do to get to the place where I can move to the next level and get control of my life back, which I'm doing slowly. But there's times when it becomes stressful. But one of the things is when I started focusing more on me, and working within me, the stress dissipated, A, and then B, like you said, it kind of radiated out to her, and then she started to uh, handle things with her with herself better, and the other day, she even acknowledged, like, I started noticing the changes you were making, and how it impacted you, and I started applying some of those things to my life, and it's like, wow, like, it's, it's amazing how that works, how energy transfers, and how people learn they can learn good things just as much and overcome the, the deluge of negativity and bullshit that is pushed on them by this culture in some ways. But like you said, we are culture, so we can create our own culture of love and empathy and kindness and respect and, and dignity yeah. and all those things. Like, And I, it starts from inside us. I can't go out and create that if, if I'm hating on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I figured that um, to overcome all of the the feelings and fears and beliefs and abuses that I've been through, um, if I turn it around and impact people's lives for the better, then all of that pain has been worth something. I can completely relate to that. That's definitely how I feel with my experiences. Um, I, I don't have the same knowledge you do to heal in that way. But I feel like sharing my story can make people feel more comfortable with their experiences. And I want to have that same impact where it's like all the things that I went through aren't for nothing. If it makes sense and helps somebody else process it better and get to a better place with it and be able to feel comfortable in their own skin. I think that that's so important. It is. And like you said, it starts inside and then it radiates outwards. That's Exactly. Well, what else did you want to ask me? Um, I know we're getting near the uh, end, of, end of the available time. So I'm going to ask some fun questions. Um, if you 
have or could have a superpower, what would it be? I think that you already have one, but I want to hear what your take is and then one that you would want to, if you could have it. Um, I would have the superpower to give people instant access to who they really are as a soul. Wow. So that you could just strip off the personality, strip off the gender, strip off everything. And it's really are as a soul, as this amazing, beautiful, illuminated being coming to earth to um, have experiences and, and to grow and share your love. Yeah. That is so powerful. I've never heard anybody say that one before. That is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. Um, I'm going to ask a couple more fun questions. Um, What songs or bands have lyrics that most resonate with you at this moment? There's one band that I really like, and I I have to say I'm not a huge fan of lyric music at this stage because I feel like it's a lot of mind poison put to a funky backbeat, and I'm really careful what I program my mind with, and music is a mantra. You chant something with some enthusiasm and some good rhythm and You'll notice, listen to the radio, how screwed up and actually unhealthy the lyrics are. Um, So having said that, there's a band called Ma Muse, M-A-M-U-S-E, a couple of young, lovely folk singers, and their music is medicine. It's medicine to the soul. It's truthful and deep and healing and authentic and gentle. And I recommend you look them up on iTunes, Ma Muse. I play some of their songs as intro or outro music in the workshops that I do because it's got a lot of truth and love in it. Okay. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I agree with you though on the radio. I don't listen to a lot of stuff on the radio and I, there was a point where I had to make a definite shift in what I listened to with my lyrics. Cause I'm a firm believer in what you say that you have to be careful of what you put in your mind. And so many people fill their mind with crap. I mean, and, and negative things or negative mindsets, negative reactions to situations. Mm-hmm. People say that it doesn't impact them. And science disproves that by neuro-linguistic programming, if I'm not saying. So they're, they're programming themselves to feel miserable. I mean, it's like when I was in high school, I listened to a bunch of depressing music. Wow, surprise, surprise, I was depressed. <laughs> like, Yeah, but, it reinforces. You might start to listen to it because you feel that way for a moment. But then you buy the album, and now you're feeling that way for weeks and months and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I make sure to listen to a lot of positive stuff. Granted, I don't listen. To, I have some guilty pleasures, I would say, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, hmm. Who uh, who would you say inspires you? Hmm. It doesn't have to be one person, and it can just be something. It doesn't have to. I'm I'm just curious. The people that have inspired me the most are the people who've chosen to be world changers. So, you know, you probably hear Gandhi a lot. Um, I'm inspired by the story of Jesus. I'm inspired by the story of the Buddha. I'm inspired by pretty much anybody who gives their life to making this world a better place. Um, I'm inspired by my own daughter who came out as an innocent shining soul and showed me what it was like to be present and curious and loving. And yeah, I'm inspired by world changers. 
That's awesome. No, I, I definitely think those are the real people to be inspired by. I mean, th- those are beautiful words. I think that that's what the world needs more of people willing to be the change that they wish to see. Cause it goes back to what you said. Change starts with you and radiates outward. Like, yeah, and it's not just a maxim. It's an action. It's like, so absolutely. what do I want to see different? I want to see humanity healed. Okay. What action am I going to take in that direction today and again tomorrow and again the next day? We baby step, baby step our way through, yeah? But it's with actions. I, I agree, yeah. I mean, it's taking little steps, doing the first thing and realizing that it's not going to be something on the horizon. It's, mm-hmm. it's in that moment you take it because tomorrow is never guaranteed for certain. And it's easy to say, I'm going to do this when, and then when you get there, Oh, I have to do this now. I'm going to do this when it's in that moment to do it. No, that's action is key. That's one of the things I struggled with for a long time. I was great at, I'm going to do this after this, this, and this. <laughs> and you know, tomorrow never comes. And now is the only moment we have. So, you know, you want to start exercising, get off the podcast, get down and do some sit-ups, right? Today's the day. yeah sit up start my thing I I took my dog for a walk I went swimming a couple times this week already too I don't like exercise it's like exercise I like to do something that's like playing almost I do too I actually love to go to a static dance and if you haven't tried that you might look it up and see if you have one of those in your city but there's this craze of uh you could call it organic dancing or dancing for non-dancers that's happening all over the world and um, the music kind of goes in a wave pattern, meaning it starts out like roll around on the floor, stretch kind of yoga music. And it builds higher and higher. Like you'd hear in a club and it's slamming hallelujah music. And then it gently playfully puts you back down on the ground. So yeah, do a little Google search for ecstatic dance in your town. And I bet you'll find a group of funky free forming open-minded people to hang out with. Yeah, that sounds like something I might like. When I used to uh, work at the one place, they would have some jam bands come in and stuff like that. And I would do what I call hippie dancing, which is more or less flailing. But... Yes, <laughs> flailing with others, but it feels good and it's oh, good it's, exercise. Oh, it's awesome exercise and it's a, a good release and it's pure mm-hmm. joy. <laughs> yeah, and we need it. We need no, joy. I, I agree. And the other thing too is dancing with people is almost as old as community and all those things are and so is music and all that stuff i mean it takes you back to tribal roots and simpler times <laughs> it's true it's a dance tribe um, vibe and it's a, another place to process your feelings and um believe it or not we all need to learn how to do that process our feelings yeah i i agree and it's an ongoing process as well yeah just like house cleaning, you know, you don't clean your house once and then say, well, I did it 20 years ago. <laughs> no, I need to tidy up every day and it feels good to keep things clean. Yeah, you reminded me I got to do some sweeping and mopping after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it seems like we're running out of time now. Um, I just really wanted to thank you for coming on and explaining those things, sharing some of your story. Um, 
I don't know. I just really appreciate it and your vibe and everything like that. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Ross. I want to give people a way to connect with me and my work if you want to. Um, I know we're going to put some links below, but do you mind if I just give them the website right now as well? No, that's totally fine. So my personal website where you can find out a lot about EFT and um, trainings and workshops I'm doing is Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A-S-O-P-H-I-A dot us dot U-S, Sonia dot U-S. The World Tapping Circle is World Tapping, T-A-P-P-I-N-G, circle.com. And if you want to try the free month, it's worldtappingcircle.com forward slash free month. And um, yeah, come on, let's do it. I hope they do do it as well. Um, Like I said, thank you. Do you want to take us out and and close with a a goodbye or anything? I'm going to close with a little prayer, actually. That's awesome. I'll... I'll be silent and shut my eyes. All right. So thank you, spirit of the universe, for giving us our lives, for giving us each other, for giving us hope, and for giving us a way through. We ask that you continue to encourage and bless and guide each of us, give us the support and understanding and tools we need to transform the dark into the light, and to move with grace, ease, and dignity forward into creating a more beautiful and balanced, sane and sacred version of ourselves and of our world. Blessed be, Amama, Amen, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, 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 peace.